It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. Have you ever been anxious for something and it seemed like it would never happen? In life, we find ourselves anxiously waiting for things that never seem to happen when we want them to. You hope and you pray for change to come, but it just doesn't seem to manifest in your time frame. We must be ever mindful that God's time is not our time. God sees what you can't see. Sometimes your delay is the result of God protecting you from the storm that lies ahead. Everything he does is for your best interest. His timing is always perfect. No doesn't mean never and delay doesn't mean denied. Trust and believe you will receive because you're next in line.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have in the studio with us today, Charlotte Banks, who is the client advisor and facilitator for the Center for Community Transition. Now, the Center for Community Transition is an organization that helps with reentry and uh, people coming out of the penal system back into society. And of course, that's a difficult transition process. And upon re-entering, a lot of the offenders have various issues that they have to struggle through. For instance, substance abuse and lack of adequate education and the skills to fit into the system. And so therefore, this organization works to help them re-enter and sort of adapt to the system and a new life after a number of years of being incarcerated. So it's just great having you on the show today, Trella. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. And thank you for having me on your show. My name is Trelletta Banks, and I am the, I just transitioned into the community outreach coordinated position. And I actually am an individual with a criminal background. I started with this agency in 2014 as an intern, later was hired on in 2016 after I graduated from Central Piedmont Community College. And I've been with them ever since August of 2016, not to mention I was a client in 2010. So this agency has been a great or played a great portion in my life, in my journey. So in other words, you were a re-entry client yourself. Correct. Uh, coming out of the penal system. Correct. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you do, because this agency, I looked at uh, some of the services you provide, and it's a fantastic agency because it, it does is. a lot of good stuff to help people re-enter into society. And I mentioned only a couple of the things that face inmates when they come back into the system. But let me mention here a little bit about the organization. That This organization was founded in 1974, is that correct? Correct. And who was the founder of it? So it was formerly Energy Committed to Offenders, formerly known as ECHO in 1974, and then the name transitioned over to the Center for Community Transitions. So it's been about 40 years that the agency's been in process or progress. Okay. Now, who was the original founder? Myra Clark. And she's our executive director. Okay. Myra Clark, is that correct? Now, there are a couple of things I wanted to ask you about, and I know a listening audience would want to kind of know this, because sometimes people have members of their family that have gone through incarceration and come back into the system, and the system is not always real welcoming and forgiving, and which every person should have the opportunity to be forgiven for whatever transgressions. But it just seems like sometimes society doesn't always understand that. You guys just did a second chance job fair. And tell me a little bit about that, because I think that's important, because when people come out of the system, they need the opportunity to get involved in employment, gainful employment. That is correct. So you know a person's prison sentence doesn't stop when they come home, because, again, they have so many so other social issues that happens, housing, like you stated before, substance abuse. And you're correct. We were a partner with the Second Chance Job Fair on yesterday. We're a part of the Mecklenburg County Reentry Partners, and that's who actually put on that job fair mm-hmm. with the help of all the other agencies that address reentry services in Charlotte. 
that is an annual job fair that takes place around this time every year and the employers that come to that job fair is actually employers who one has to have open positions and two have to be able to or show the willingness to hire someone with a criminal record and that does become a problem because a lot of times people don't want to hire people that have a criminal background but it's great that you guys have found employers who are sensitive to the needs of these people when they're coming back into the system. A person who goes into the system, not only is that person affected, but the entire family is. The entire family. So that's where we have another entity of our program called the Families Doing Time Program, or okay. FDT, where we actually go inside of 14 Charlotte-Mecklenburg school systems and work with the children one-on-one -on -one with a group, a curriculum we call Equip and that is uh, educating children with incarcerated parents. And that program showed that children's resilience improved, social resilience improved 83% um, last year, and that's included in our annual report. And that's meaning those are children that are affected by someone being incarcerated. So, of course, they have behaviors that they may display in school because of the frustration at home, the absent parent. So we have that program as well in place for the families. And these families, what normally is the age group of the kids that are affected by this? School age and up. Now, do you have kids who are acting out because of this in the system, and do you all kind of address that problem with your program? Correct, yes. This program goes inside the school system, and they actually have every third Tuesday each month we have a family gathering for reunification of the family okay. where we can actually get the families together they have a dinner an activity and may go on a field trip tell me how many families or inmates do you all work with in the course of a year so last year our annual report reported that we touched over 1309 families my goodness yeah that's quite a reach and how many locations do you all have so we have two locations here in Charlotte. We have our women's, another entity, our Women's Transitional Program, um, which is a 30-bed facility that houses women in their last three years of their prison sentence through the North Carolina Department of Public Safety. That office houses our families doing time staff as well. They're kind of remote, so they don't have like a set place but they do have an office. And then um, our LifeWorks program, which is the program that I work with. Okay, so in other words, you do provide some form of housing for them when they come out. So yes, these individuals have to be approved through the North Carolina Department of Public Safety. Now we're not a housing facility. Right. We don't offer like any housing, but we try to offer our clients housing resources okay. as needed by connecting them or doing referrals in the community. Now, uh, there were several programs that I looked at that you guys have, like the Employment Readiness Program and then Working Smart. W what is Working Smart? W what is that program? So Working Smart is a soft skills training. It's recognized all over North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, it is a program that focuses on employment retention. So we don't want our clients just to get the job. We want them to be able to keep the job and okay. soft skills such as conflict resolution on the job, difficult discussions, being able to have a relationship with your supervisor or your manager, time management, stress management, self-awareness. We're going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back. 
Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Your program, some of the programs you offer, that a fresh start program, that has to do with financial stability, relationships, employment, and career. And it also deals with uh, spirituality, uh, those kind of areas. Now, and I would assume that surviving inside of an, the institution, um, the penal institution, is a very difficult thing, and you have to change the way you think. Is this program designed to help the inmates start to think more social rather than confined or imprisoned, you know, a different mindset? So our methodology, we base it off of something called perceptional con- control theory, which means that all human behavior has purpose. And we also use the cognitive cycle, which helps individuals. So when your beliefs and values are challenged and you think that someone is violating your beliefs or values, normally you start to have internal reactions, which means you're starting to get angry. And by the time you get to your behavior part where you're doing something to kind of get you in trouble or off the right track, you have to think about the outcome. That's interesting because when you look at the way that you all approach this situation, it's absolutely dealing with the whole person. When you're dealing with the entire individual, it means that you're sort of transitioning everything, personality, all of the other issues. You're not just having a person come back into society after 10 years or 15 years being in prison and think that they can adapt overnight. Now, there's one other program that I wanted to uh, ask you about, and it's called North Carolina Fit. Yes. Tell me about that program. So that is a partnership that we have with Chapel Hill, Mm -hmm. the university in Chapel Hill. It is a formerly incarcerated and transition program for individuals who are released within the last two years from a North Carolina prison. If they have any type of chronic illness, anything that they have to take medications for every day, they could come through our program and get connected with one of our community health care workers who will actually make sure that they get navigated safely through the health care system. We partner with the community health care clinic that is located within our building as well. They work side by side with us, making sure that the client is taken care of. If they come out with uh, illnesses and really, basically, most of these people have no health insurance or anything. Is that correct? Correct. And if you're focusing on where I'm going to get my next dosage of my medication that I need every day, you cannot focus on getting a job and keeping a job. You need to focus on making sure that your health is, is intact so that you can keep the job. 
Yeah, because I would think coming out of uh, the prison system, your coping skills would be a little bit uh, diminished. And certainly having the patience to deal with things that challenge you because you're so used to reacting to situations rather than thinking through the process. And I did notice that you guys do have life skills and critical thinking, which I think that helps them to readjust their mindset. Correct. kind of what it does? Yes, and by by individuals that join our program or come through our employment readiness program, we connect them with a client advisor, which that's what I formerly did. That was my previous job description. Mm -hmm. And that's someone basically like a case manager, but we don't call it case management because we don't ever want to tell any of our clients what to do. We want them to know that they can make their own decisions. We're just their guides on the side to kind of help them navigate and connect them to things that they need for themselves. That's very smart because people have been telling them what to do for the last 10, 15 years of their life. And so they become robotic, so to speak. And so now they have to learn to make those decisions for themselves. Correct. We don't want them looking at us as if we're the authorities because, you know, they're used to people enforcing them, enforcing them to do things that they felt like was against their will. That's not what we want. And, you know, it's interesting that you were a former a client and you came through the penal system yourself and when you come through the penal system and to see what you've done with your life because you're now a bridge helping others across mm-hmm. uh, what was the most difficult thing for you to deal with once you came back into the system so, I mean back into society I'm sorry so I'm an individual with the criminal record and it was very hard just finding employment and staying employed because most of the time the employer will hire you and run the background check later, and you are happy and ready and excited, and then they come and pull you off the job because they ran the criminal background after they hired you, and then there goes your hope down the drain. So that was the biggest part, and finding housing. Housing is another big issue, affordable housing here in this city. So that's a big issue with the blanket policies that different property managements have because of criminal background checks. So those were the two biggest barriers, but I'm thankful that I got connected to this agency so that I could have got connected to other resources. And you're really giving back because what you're doing now you're not doing something simply because somebody trained you on the job. You're doing something because this was your life. And so you have a passion for it. And having a passion for something is 10,000% better than just deciding to do something. Oh, yeah. I don't need an alarm clock to wake up every morning. So Fantastic. Yes. And you have a daughter and a son, and of course, both of them are good kids. And I think your daughter just had some academic achievements that were exceptional. Is that correct? Correct. Straight A, she's never made a B. Oh, really? No, and she's about to release her own lip gloss line. Oh, my goodness. I remember (laughs) seeing that on uh, Facebook, I think it was. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that should make you proud. Very proud. Yeah, and I know they're proud of you because Mm -hmm. I've met both of your kids, and and they just love you to death. And I I just want to say to you and, and to our listening audience, it's just great talking to somebody who knows what it means to turn their lives around and transition into a meaningful part of uh, society because you prove that making a mistake does not mean you have to spend the rest of your life paying for it. Correct. You know, and I just want to say that to you. Now, the other thing is I want you to tell people because 
there's bound to be somebody out there listening that would love to speak with someone who's been through it. And they're probably going through it right now. So tell people how they can reach you and how they can participate and also how they can give to this worthwhile agency. We are located in the Goodwill Opportunity Campus Building, which is located at 5301 Wilkerson Boulevard. We are a partner with Goodwill, so our offices are located inside of Goodwill. You can call us at 704-374-0762. Our employment readiness curriculum takes off every two weeks. Anyone interested may call that number again. It's 704-374-0762. And if you would like to donate, you can go to our website and to our social media page as well. Or contact that number that I just gave you, and um, we could connect you to other ways of donating as well. All right. We've had on the show with us today, Trilletta Banks, who is the client advisor and facilitator for the Center for Community Transitions. And you know what? It's been great having you on the show, Trilletta. And you have done a fantastic job representing your organization and all of these fantastic programs that they offer. And I hope, again, to have you back on the show. Will do. All right. Thank have you for having day. me. PDA, I want to do a little something for those who thought we lost the edge. Second verse too hard for the studio, turn it up. Won't be scared anymore. I won't be there anymore. I won't be past anymore. I won't be last anymore. I won't be told anymore. Yeah. I'm as bad as I was before. Yeah. Cause good and bad ain't a place for winners. Yeah. Nothing good ever comes to a quitter.
they tell me no Even when they say it ain't so Even if they laugh at me Even if they pass by me Even if they hold me back Even set me up for a time Even if my eye can't see it I'ma trust God and believe it Even when they tell me no Even when they say it ain't so Even if they laugh at me to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. I love that song by Jay Moss, I'm going to do it. You know, it's important for us to set in our mind that we're going to do it because there are some things that in life we can't do unless we establish it first in our minds. He said something about work it. What he's talking about is your faith. You got to work your faith because this is a world of disappointments and heartbreaks. But if you work your faith, God knows it'll work out for you. There are seven rules, just like God's perfect number is seven. And there are seven rules that we ought to live by. Number one, make peace with the past. If you don't, it'll disturb your future. Number two, what other people think about you isn't important. It's not even your business. So why in the world would you worry about it? Number three, time heals everything. You know, if you just give it enough time, God will make it disappear. Number four, the only person in charge of your happiness is you. Don't compare your life to others. Compare in your life to others means that you're trying to be somebody else rather than being yourself. And the other thing is stop thinking too much. You know, you can't have the answer to everything and you can't handle the problems of the world. Just remember, stop thinking about it and walk in your faith. And the last thing is number seven, smile. Don't own the problems of the world because your smile reflects your faith and your faith is what reflects your attitude. That's your word of the day. This is Dr. David Miller. Thank you for joining us for the Faith Connection Show. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the connectcenternc.com. That's connectcenternc.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement. And you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. 
This is Buana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. Have you ever had an airline lose your luggage? It happened to me. I was directed to the unclaimed luggage area. Once there, I was amazed to see how much stuff had been left unclaimed for days, weeks, even months. It amazed me that people would leave expensive watches, cameras, and jewelry unclaimed. As I pondered that, I realized that is exactly what we do when we leave unclaimed blessings with God. In spite of what you're going through, you should begin each day with a grateful praise because God delights himself in our praise. When you release your faith expecting God's favor, you'll see God show up and do amazing things in your life. He'll bless you beyond measure, beyond your wildest dreams. God wants you to live in the abundance of his love and blessings. Start your day by thanking him for the small things because God's got a blessing with your name on it. Don't leave it in unclaimed property. Makes no difference what you're going through. You're gonna make it. God's gonna see you through. Hold your head up. Put a smile on your face. This is another test. Here for last always. So get ready. Get ready. For your blessing. For your blessing. Get ready. Get ready. For your miracle. For your miracle. Get ready. Get ready. For your blessing. For your blessing. Get ready. Get ready. For your miracle. For your miracle. I know you've been hurting. Deep down inside. Say that with me. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. If you really believe it, God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Come on. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Say 
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have in the studio with us today a guest that we've been anticipating him coming in. We have Pastor Brent LaPrince Edwards with us today. He has written a book called Bullying, and my fact book is entitled You Can't Bully Me Anymore. And the book has really had great success, and it's just good to have Pastor Edwards with us today because we wanted to talk a little bit about the book and to share with our audience because, you know, bullying has become quite a problem in America, and we seem to have, it has escalated to a new level. The new level is cyberbullying, and we want to try to talk a little bit about all of that. And Pastor Edwards, it's just good to have you. It's great to be here. I'm excited and I am very passionate. This is a very subject that I'm very highly passionate about. And I'm just grateful to be here, Dr. Miller. Well, you know, we're passionate about it as well, because you know what? It seems like that this is becoming more and more of a problem. We have kids committing suicide because of the bullying situation in this country, and especially in the school systems. It just seems like it runs rampant. Now, first of all, let's talk a little bit about you, uh, because this is a unique way to make an impact in the community and in society as a whole. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor. Well, I am Reverend Brent LaPrince Edwards. I am the pastor of St. James African Methodist Episcopal Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I serve on several city boards in the city of Asheville. I also work with the Asheville City School Board, and um, I also work alongside with the Buncombe County School Board. And I am the author mm-hmm. of, of You Can't Bully Me Anymore. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the book. I, I know you've been at this particular church for about nine years, I think. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. And you're originally from Charleston, and you're out of the church, Emmanuel. I'm out of Mars Brown, Mars Brown? AME Church. Oh, okay. Which historically was birthed out of Mother Emmanuel, right. AME Church. Okay. And I have, I have family members in both churches. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the book and what inspired you to write the book. I was inspired to write this book because I work with, at our church, we hosted the anti-bullying forum and what we did was we had the uh, Boncombe County School Board and the City of Asheville School Board to come and we had several teachers and guidance counselors, principals, uh, even students to come and to discuss bullying and what I noticed was that there are not enough resources for bullying 
particularly for elementary school children. And I noticed that, and even when there are resources, and there are good resources out there, but there are not enough resources that actually speak to the child. And this is the big thing, the offender. Oftentimes we address the bullied, but we leave out the offender. And so what I decided to do was to, and that's where the idea of this book came into fruition. I decided to write a book that will speak directly to elementary school children at a language they can understand. And not only to children who are bullied, but also to the offender, because actually, psychologically, when you look at the children who do the bullying, oftentimes they're bullied themselves. Oh, okay. And so what this book does is that it provides tools of prevention, it provides next steps, it provides recovery, and most of all, it builds self-esteem. And that's why the book is entitled You Can't Bully Me Anymore because when the, when a child's self-esteem is built, that is the first part of the battle. And I guess it's important to understand the need to stop this process at an early age because elementary is a great place to start because these are habits that are built over time. I noticed there were like benefits to this book. I mean, I noticed there were like five categories that you mentioned. One was uh, addressing the unprecedented bullying epidemic in America. Give me some statistics about bullying in America, and especially at this age group. According to the Anti-Bullying Institute, 70% of students feel that schools deal poorly in responding to bullying. Okay. And we can see that through um, several instances. Over 160,000 children miss school per day because of fear of bullying. 54% of boys and 60% uh, of girls are bullied, which shows that girls are bullied. Um, the statistics show that girls are bullied uh, more than what guys are bullied. Oh my More than what boys are bullied. Not only that, but one out of six children are bullied every day in school. My gracious. And then a, an amazing statistic that there are 57% of the time when bystanders intervene, bullying stops within 10 seconds. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. Now, the statement you made a moment ago about more girls being bullied than boys, are they being bullied by other girls or are they being bullied by boys. From what studies show that most of the time is, is both, but girls tend to bully girls more than what oh, good really? boys do. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Now, why, why is that, do you think? Um, well, you know, in this book, let me give an example. I have four characters in this book. Um, Thomas, who is bullied because he has an obesity problem. Right. Then we have Rosa. She's bullied because um, she's from a different culture and has a different belief system than what we may call the known. Then we have Chad, he's bullied because of special needs. But then there's Nancy. Mm -hmm. Nancy is bullied because she gets all A's and she's bullied because she's pretty. Okay. And, and I think sometimes uh, what happens sometimes among girls, oftentimes girls are often placed in positions where they have to compete against each other. Mm -hmm. You know, like most of the times you put children, girls in pageants mm -hmm. where they have to compete. Boys, on the other hand, you put them on baseball teams, football teams, and they kind of learn the ethics of teamwork together. In, in looking at uh, the bullying situation, how does your book actually address it in a manner that it makes it easy for the kids to understand. And I looked at your book. Your book is really laid out nicely, but that's why I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Right. When I wrote this book, and I also drew the pictures. Oh, really? And so I, I said, you know what, let me just go ahead and, and do my own artwork. So um, I've, I've done the artwork. I actually am an amateur artist. Uh -huh. I don't spend that much time in art because preaching kind of takes away from everything else. But I said, let me go ahead and draw these pictures. But what this book does is a discussion starter. 
Okay. It is very simple. It's written in poetic form. It tells a story about bullying. And it, what it does is it draws the child in because children, particularly elementary school age children, have a difficult time expressing trauma. And we see this, and this is why when we see the suicides that have happened and are happening across America, oftentimes these children are traumatized, but it's very difficult for them to express trauma. So what this book does through poetic form and through simple form, as the child reads, it will draw conversations out of the child so that they can begin conversations uh, with adults and parents. And it's highly recommended that parents read this along with their children. Now, what has happened already, um, several schools have adopted this book as a resource for um, discussion. And so schools are now taking this book and they're reading it. And after reading the book, they're allowing the children to begin to express themselves so that if bullying is happening in any form, or even if a person is an offender, that they can start the conversation, which will put them in position to start the next steps to prevention, healing, recovery, and uh, whatever is needed. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. The world premiere of the brand new single, I Can Love You Through Anything, by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, Ken Hardio. I can love you. Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Okay, now, cyberbullying. That's a major problem now. And the reason is because the bully can hide and not be visible to another kid by email, other forms of cyberbullying. How does your book address cyberbullying? At the beginning of the book, before we get into the story, at the beginning of the book, cyberbullying is defined. Mm -hmm. And um, cyberbullying is whenever we do anything to hurt, harm emotionally, physically, socially, through social networking. Mm-hmm. And so first thing, cyberbullying is defined um, along with pictures. And then after cyberbullying is defined, then it goes on to talk how that can be avoided when moving forward to harm another child. Cyberbullying takes on a lot of different forms. I mean, for instance, uh, texting someone, uh, hurtful messages, uh, that kind of thing. But do you find that, that cyberbullying is more of a aged bullying process or is is this done a lot with the younger kids as well? And these days and times, you have adults that are cyber. <laughs> and these days and times, it's, it's very high among children. Okay. It's very high because um, it's very high among high school students as well. Okay. Junior high students as well. And it's um, really high. Actually, what's amazing is very high and highest among elementary school children. Come on. That's, really? yes, that's amazing. Okay. And, Tell and, us about that because... It seems like these kids will not really be savvy enough to use social media to bully another kid. Well, I look at, um, I'm not going to tell my age on this uh, radio, (laughs) because I'm the eternal 25, right? right. The kind of toys that we used in our generation, right? and I think, uh, Doctor, you you got me by maybe a few years. but um, A few. 
I'm the eternal 25, so you'll be the eternal 26. All right. Uh, but but um, <laughs> we had t- the toys that we used were not really technological toys. You know? right, they, right. We had outside toys. Right. You, know, you played baseball, yeah. you ride the skateboards, you played football, whatever That's other correct. things you do. The toys that the children are playing with now are mm-hmm. internal. Mm-hmm. And not only are they internal, they're very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I often watch my nephews when they're, when they're playing on their telephones. And I'm like, what are you doing? And come to find out that on their phones, they are playing with at least 20 different people My at one God. time. These are, the, these, these are the ways that the games are set up. And I'm talking about elementary school children. Mm-hmm. So the way modern technology is today, it draws children in, and, uh, which makes it easier for cyberbullying to happen among kids. Right. And my concern also, I also have a concern about some of the, and I think parents need to really be aware of what types of games their children are playing because some of the games that our children play make death easy, make death look like it's um, something to be um, admired or obtained. And I think, in my personal opinion, I think that also has some influence on edging on the suicide that's happening among our elementary school children. Because again, the younger children are, psychologically, it's often more difficult for children to express trauma than even older children. Okay. You're getting ready to start a book tour now with the book, and primarily I think you're moving into elementary schools and you're going to do some workshops and other things in elementary schools. Now, I've got your book here, and one of the questions I need to ask. If someone wanted to get a copy of this book, where, where can they get it? They're in bookstores everywhere, particularly Barnes & Noble all over the United States. But the best way to get this book is simply go to the website, mm-hmm. which is www.youcantbullymeanymore.com. That's www.youcantbullymeanymore.com. And once you go to that website, it will direct you on how to purchase the book and other materials that are available. What is the cost of the book? The paperbacks are $21. Okay. And then the hardback copies are $30. And then you can also get them on Nook and ebook for uh, around $6. Oh, okay. Because, you know, when you look at the problem and how far reaching this uh, bullying problem is, this would be a great book to have in the household so that every family has one and would actually use it to sort of teach their kids. Because a lot of times kids come home being bullied, but they come home and they're afraid to express that because they feel it uh, really makes them look bad because someone else is doing bad. And I, I think it's important to get our kids to talk because if you can get them to talk, then you can kind of find a solution to the problem. And I certainly want to commend you because I think your book reaches the right age. You're trying to catch them before they really become proficient with bullying. Because as they progress in age, everything else refines along with that, and even bullying techniques refine. So those are the kind of things that we're trying to head off with this program that you have implemented in the school systems and also in the community and I commend you. I think that uh, your book is a fantastic book and I hope that all of our listeners will get a copy of this book and certainly put it on your shelf at home because it's worth it and read to your kids from this because this book really will help smooth the pathway for some of our kids. I mean simply because you are bright and you bullet for just being smart don't dumb down, you know, right. seem to smarten up a little bit more because there is something about you that your bully doesn't like because he doesn't like right. it about himself. 
And I think in this case, you're right on target. My goal is to get this book into the hands of every child in America. And and that's my goal because I have a passion um, for children. And I would like to say to the audience, those of you that are parents that are listening to this, our guardians, um, look for the signs of bullying in your children. Often um, when you see a, a, a change in grades, a reluctance to go to school. Mm -hmm. Um, A reluctance to go to football practice or cheerleading practice, changing in clothing, changing in appetites. Look for the signs. And and I encourage every parent, it's important to get involved in your school system. Just don't send your children to school. Actually know who's teaching your children. Know your children's associates. Because most of bullying happens in school. Not all bullying happens in school, but most of it does. And so parents, get involved. Um, Invest in your child. Pay attention to to your child. And um, as the African proverb says, it takes a whole village to raise a child. Let's be a part of that global village. All right. Thank you very much. Now, just before we close, can you give us how to contact you? You can contact me through this email. That's Rev, R-E-V, R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, V as in Victor, B as in boy, L as in love, A as in apple, P as in Peter, my last name, Edwards, at yahoo.com. Okay. That's Rev Blap Edwards at yahoo.com. Or you can just simply go to the website, uh, www.youcan'tbullymeanymore, and it also will direct you on how to get in touch with me. Okay. Well, it's been great having you on the show, Pastor Edwards, and we look forward to having you back again. Yes. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. This has been an honor and a joy. Thank you. God bless you.
For listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. Life is something interesting. It's a four-letter word that is complicated enough that no one will ever decode or determine the true meaning of life. Whether you are born into a wealthy family or a poor family, it does not matter. Your life will be filled with ups and downs. The goals in life is to minimize the downs and celebrate the up and live a happy and inspired existence. And I know sometimes life is so depressing that it seems like every day of your life is filled with clouds and rain showers. But I want to tell you today, it's your season right now to change the season in your heart. Make life everything it can be by you living up to the best person you can be in life. Albert Einstein said it best, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. That's TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.